Welcome to the House and House podcast. My name is Luke Remington. I'm one of the managing directors here. Unfortunately, today I'm not joined by my business partners, Simon Baker, um, who is currently in uh, the London with his family, and James is looking at the blue waters of an island somewhere. But I am joined by a special guest, someone that's known very well to House and House, um, Josh Fegan, the world's number one real estate coach. So Luke, so great to be here and uh, amazing to be able to get into Dubai after leaving Australia. Over the last two years, we haven't had the chance to go too far, so it's a pretty phenomenal opportunity. Of course. Well, you, you know, you've been speaking to us, Josh, for, what's it, four or five years, I think we've been saying. And you count, you know, you're, you've been instrumental to the success that we've had. You speak to us on a monthly basis and you hold myself, Simon and James, accountable. What have you seen in the real estate world I know you've been locked away in Australia, and I know you're kind of focused between Australia, New Zealand, Dubai, UK. But what have you seen over the last year? What, how have things been going? Well, I think you know the big conversation is, is that we're now living in what is uh, no doubt one of the craziest eras of our time, and it's uh, something we've got to call a VUCA world, a world that's uh, volatile, that's uncertain, that's complex and ambiguous. And when you start to think about that, like the speed at which we've actually seen you know, people going to pursue assets has been absolutely amazing. Whether or not it's a watch, a car, a house, uh, you know, a boat, we've seen prices rapidly escalating right the way around the world, you know, to a point that it is absolutely crazy to think that, you know, could it actually continue? And every single time we say that, it goes again in terms of another level of growth. And I think that really what that's come back down to is, is that when you take global tourism out of the equation and a lot of people are left living inside of their own homes, they then start to, you know, they get bored. They want to get that feeling of human progress. And residential real estate, a state agency, has done very well globally. Uh, and I've never, ever seen it before where practically every single marketplace in the world has aligned to be a growing marketplace, growing not only in terms of sale volumes, but also terms in terms of sale prices as well. And also to a global community where a lot of people are seeing that cities are becoming international cities where people are making that decision to say, hey, I want to go and buy something. And I don't even mind if I have to wait for six months, a year, two, three years for completion, because I just want to get into the mix of making sure that I can get it. And so we have this whole feeling of you know, the FOMO, of the fear of missing out. Uh, and literally, it's um, it's a pretty crazy environment because, uh, believe it or not, real estate prices don't go up forever. Uh, there is actually a natural cycle. But there's a lot of people that are in the real estate industry that are actually only seeing a market where prices continually go up. At some point, you need to be aware that a lot of the government subsidies, a lot of the things that have really helped these markets to continue during some of these lockdown environments around the world, they have to stop at some point. And that means that any estate agent needs to be prepared for what could be ahead. And I think that the secret is, is that, you know, we're living in an environment where there's a lot of what I call sugar money, a lot of money that's come very, very quickly. And all of a sudden that money can tighten up very quickly. So it is important as a broker to be making sure that you are positioning yourself for success that regardless of the conditions of the day, that you know what to do to be successful. Mm. And to me, that's that whole conversation is, is that, you know, there's a, a quote by John Combat Zim where he says, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. And I think that there's such a great conversation that, you know, get prepared that whilst you're making great money, put some money aside for a rainy day. Now, I know we don't get a lot of rain here in Dubai, <laughs> but the, the whole concept is that when we do, we don't know how to handle it, yeah, right? So yeah. it is very much akin. I think that um, Dubai experienced that very much. So uh, after the global financial crisis, we went through a period there where property prices de-escalated very quickly. Um, there wasn't as much international money around. All of a sudden, there was a lot of challenge. 
And there's an old school saying that whatever grows the fastest can come back the quickest. And so what I want to throw caution to the wind is, is that whilst the conditions are great, run with it. Yeah. And this is about making that decision that, you know, if you have an opportunity to work an extra hour, you have the opportunity to earn uh, by getting an extra sale or getting an extra let done or getting something done inside of the business, absolutely do it whilst you've got that level of inquiry. Because the day that the tap turns off, that'll be the day that you're going to need to go back to the relationships that you've built during this era that will make you incredibly successful regardless of any market. And I really want our brokers at House & House to be brokers for any marketplace so they understand what to do when conditions shift. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, sound advice. And there will be brokers um, listening to this that are either new to it, seasoned brokers that have done it for a long time, or there'll be people that are probably contemplating getting on the plane and coming to Dubai to do real estate. So for those that are coming and have no real estate or estate agency experience, some may say that I'm going into a really buoyant market and, you know, record prices and we are hitting records here it's easy mm-hmm. but it isn't easy and there is you still have to do the minimum ex- expectations to have success what would those be josh well if, if you're coming out and you are new to it and you haven't done real estate what are the kind of the principal things that you need to stick by because so many people try it don't do what they need to do. And whether that's just a, a generation thing where you, you don't roll up your sleeves and get stuck in. But what would you say are the key things for those listeners that are coming out that are new to it, but want to succeed in Dubai real estate? I think the, the most important thing is to take it as a long-term approach. And this is a really important conversation that, you know, can you imagine yourself being a broker for the next 20 years? Mm. And the reason why I want you to start thinking about that is, is that, you know, respectfully, Dubai's real estate market is very much an immature market as opposed to, you know, some very mature markets like what you see back in London or what you see in Australia that have been operating with a high level of regulation for a long period of time. And immature markets bring with them an incredible chance to be able to produce a large amount of income in a very short period of time. Now, really, the biggest challenge for most estate agents over the course of the last last two years has been dealing with capacity issues. You know, this huge tidal wave of inquiry that's coming in learning how to deal with that inquiry in a really quick and positive manner, and then being able to do something with that inquiry to turn that into a deal or into a transaction. What is fundamentally important is, is that regardless of, you know, whatever that it is that you do, you need to understand um, the basics of how that game actually works. And there's a great quote, first be good and then worry about being different. And many people focus on being different as opposed to focusing on what being good is. Mm. Now, being good to me starts in a few areas. The first key thing is, is really understand how do we do it around here. So if you went and had a look at all of the transactions that have happened in your particular service line in the business over the course of the last 12 months, how do we actually generate that lead and how do we actually convert that lead and turn it into something that's real? Now, the data tells you a lot about that success. So there will be some people that will tell you that Instagram is where they make all their success, but the reality of it is the most successful brokers that we know around the world They'll pick up that phone and they'll make more calls than anybody else. And they'll be connecting with those people that are sitting inside of that database to actually build relationship. Now, how do you build relationship? You build it by relevance, by being relevant to that particular person. That relevancy will drive the frequency of the communication, so how often we will speak. And then you just need to be consistent with your actions. Now, if every day you think about that routine is the thing that sets you free and gets you to that high level of success... So the most incredible brokers that I work with around the world 
are very, very much focused about saying, you know, when am I going to turn up each day? What are the things I'm going to do in the first 45 minutes of that day? How do I then make sure that is successful to replicate that and do that more often? And how do I follow some very simple rules? And those rules may well be that in the morning, we're on the phones and we're talking to customers. And in the afternoon, we're out there facilitating, you know, inspections and viewings of properties. And that's a really important mindset because if you know that you're actually in a position that you are literally on the phones, that you're having those conversations to be setting up a diary that is full, then you actually hit a high level of success. Now, the other basics to me also then tell me that once I know how the business actually works, so having an understanding of what we actually do to acquire that particular property and then to either get it sold or let whatever we're doing, then we then need to move into a position that we've got a high quality routine. We then need to make sure that we've got incredible product knowledge. Now, there are some people that are coming to the market that have no idea about the differences in the different precincts and the different locations and what benefits that that really brings about it. And one of the things that we really understood in, in working with House and House in the very early days is that when people moved to Dubai, they wanted that feeling of safety, they wanted that feeling of security. And there was nothing like the feeling of really arriving home. Mm. And that was really what we wanted to try to drive in terms of the purpose is getting you to be clear that you're actually helping people solve a complex set of problems and or situations. So to be really good at what you do, what is the problem that you're actually solving for this particular customer? Are they in a position they're trying to park money into a particular asset and they're looking for a return on that cash or they're looking, for example, uh, to be able to potentially get some capital growth on that cash? Or are they in a position that they're looking to actually to move here and to live here? And if they are living here, what are the lifestyle benefits or the really specific attributes that they're after? Is it about schooling for where the kids will go? Will it be lifestyle about where they're going to be living? Will it be parks? Will it be golf courses? Will it be access to water? Um, All of those types of conversations. Is it about safety and security being inside of a particular compound? You know, whatever that looks like. And when you really understand what it is that people are actually trying to achieve and the problem they're actually trying to solve, then that fundamentally changes the entire way that you work with people. So we use a very simple methodology that we train all of our brokers on around what is the problem that the customer is actually experiencing or going through that they're trying to solve, what urgency comes with that particular problem in terms of a timeline, and then after that, that we then go to the destination, what locations are they considering? Now, we might start out in a brand name location and find all of a sudden that we can't afford that location, so we fall back to other locations represent better value for money, Mm. where price and value actually meet. And what someone who's really good at the game does is they learn how to ask some very simple questions that really get the customer to tell you a lot about their particular situation. So look, what's the problem that you're looking to solve by potentially buying, moving and selling? You know, um, how urgent is that problem for you guys? And what locations are you considering and how much did you want to spend? Mm -hmm. Getting those four or five questions out in every single call is about getting to that efficiency, particularly when you're dealing with high volumes of inquiry. Mm Because can you spot the seller? Can you spot that potential landlord or owner who's going to be leasing out a property as an investment? And if you can get that sort of stuff right, it makes a huge difference. So really the basics are however you run your calendar is how you run your life. And so what I've learned is is that I need to make sure that I'm in the game of being incredible with energy renewal. Now, why is energy renewal such important? Because we live in a world that's filled with disruption. We live in a world with a ton of negative energy. If you wanted to find it, you could get it very quickly in terms of the press around the world. The interesting conversation about that is that your energy determines how you feel and how you feel determines how you work. Mm. So I'm a big believer that, and you know, contrary to popular belief, um, you go to bed early, you wouldn't believe it. You actually wake up early, mm. uh, wake up early, have a good quality routine of good quality exercise, good quality nutrition, 
because how you move your body and how you eat, how you refuel your body has a huge impact on your overall performance. And then getting into the office for whatever works for you. So if you love dropping the kids off at school, fantastic. Once you've done that and then you're in the office, then literally hell for leather, hit the phones, create opportunity. And that's what we like to call it every day. How much time did you spend in creating opportunity? Once you've created that opportunity, then get out there, go and service those customers and make it as seamless as possible. Now, Luke, this is the crazy thing that a decade ago when you went to Apple, the fact that they would email you a receipt was blow away. Mm. Now we live in a world where customers expect a fully digitized transaction Mm. and they expect speed and service like that. And someone's last experience in the retail environment is what they expect to see happen in the retail environment of a state agency. Mm. So that comes back down to the product knowledge, the process of how we actually handle the customer, the speed at which we respond, the accuracy of that response that will determine your overall success. Yeah, no, I get that. There will be people that will listen to it and think, well, Josh will say, go to bed early, eat good food, don't eat McDonald's, make sure you get your 10K run in, make sure you drink plenty of water. That will probably say, I'm not at that stage of life that I want to do that. And I want to get up at 8.15. I want to brush my teeth by 8.45. I want to be in the office at one minute to nine. But I still want to have success. I get it because I see the best brokers around the world, whether it is in the UK or the US or Dubai. And I feel that they don't necessarily look at this Instagram life that we, we touched on. In fact, I see very little Instagram social from them. Um, and they must have a routine. But how easy is it to stick? And what can you do to keep that routine? So if I'm going to start on January the 1st of getting up at 5 or 5.30, it hasn't necessarily got to be that early. But I want to do some exercise. Mm. People will fall out of it. And I'm sure you will know a statistic about how quickly these New Year's resolutions, people fall out of them and fail with them. But how do people persevere and think, well, Josh told me to do this and I need to do my calls in the morning and my appointments in the afternoon, or mm. I've got these statistics and these, these KPIs that Charlie, the sales director, will set or yeah. Thomas, the leasing director, will set. And I think they believe that they're just set because they're set. And whether you hit them or whether you don't, you just continue. But how would you, first of all, set your routine? Because obviously mm. it's massively important. And then how would you, when you get to the end of January, and maybe you're not seeing the success, because it's not a long time, is it, to calculate 30 days and think, I now should be a multi-million dollar broker in Dubai. How can I push myself into February? And if it doesn't happen in February, how can I keep that going in March? Mm-hmm. What are the best things to do for that person? I think the most important conversation is, is that like um, living life on purpose. And, and as a part of living life on purpose, have a grander plan. And that whole idea is that, okay, fast forward me 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, how old will you be? Uh, who will you be living with? Uh, will you be married? Will you have kids or not? What sort of experiences will you be aiming to go through? Um, literally off the back of that, how much assets will you actually own? You know, so if we sold you up, what would you actually be worth? What sort of revenue streams would you have in terms of passive income outside of just the active money that you have in, in being a great broker? Then the next conversation is that how do you actually want to experience life? And I'm a, a big believer that the problem is, is that, you know, you're the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most. So if you're in a position that you keep on hanging out with people that live in instant gratification world, then you will be in a position that you'll continually live that, but you'll be one paycheck away from going broke. 
And really what's more important is, is that if you want to choose how you want to live, it's about making those decisions. You know, it's like the blue pill or the red pill in the matrix, right? Yeah. The red pill, yeah. you actually get to see what happens in the real world in the blue pill, you live in naivety, is that that whole conversation is about, you know, get clear on what you want first. Yeah. So what is your definition of success? Now, to tell you about it, there's, a, there's an estate agent in Australia who we do a lot of work with who, for example, 10 million pounds was what he actually produced in personal income last year. Wow. Now, the year before that, it was 7 million. Personal to him. Personal to him. The year before that, it was 7 million. And the year before that, it was probably about 3 million pounds, right? Now, the interesting conversation is, is that we've now worked out that on average, his hourly rate is 6,000 pounds per hour. Now, that to me is pretty (laughs) phenomenal. Now, you might not have aspirations at that, right? But even if your aspiration was 100 pounds an hour, whatever it works out in dirhams as a part of that conversation, how are you working to that capacity? Mm. So my big belief is if you wanted to do a million US dollars as an example and you bring that back and you're going to work 40 weeks of the year, you've got to do 50,000 a week. In order to do 50,000 a week, you've got to do 10,000 a day. What do you need to do to make sure that you put yourself in that position? Okay. That's a mindset. And has it got to be detailed? Have you got to write this down? Oh, I, think, and- I think the conversation is you've got to sit down with yourself to say, okay, great, is that actually what I want? Yeah. Now, that's then about building a team. It's about building capacity around you, putting some people around you and making sure that you are seriously good because you don't have to do it on your own. Yeah. And each level of production brings with it that it's either a system or a person that you need to have in play. Mm. So when you start to talk about that routine, I think that there are some times that you wake up in life and you just make the decision that you want to play a bigger game. Mm. And if you want to play a bigger game, it's like, how am I actually planning to go and do that? Well, you know what? It is about the energy and it is about the effort. And it it actually does take sacrifice. What you realize later on is is that when you find something that works, you do more of it. So, for example, when I come to Dubai, I tend to stay at a particular hotel and I stay at that hotel. The reason why I like it is the accessibility of the airport, the quality of the food, the accessibility of the shopping mall, you know, a whole range of different things. And it's been a great stopover hotel. Uh, when I was there last, they said it was my 19th stay at that particular location. You like it? Uh, well, it's just, it's consistent. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you learn in life is that when you find something that works, you do more of it. Okay. And so this is the whole conversation. Okay. If you found, for example, that the best way to build your business as a broker is to get on the phone and to ring previous inquiries mm. that have happened from a year ago and just ring through and just see whether or not they'd been serviced and whether or not they actually fix that particular problem that they initially rang about and if they still have that problem today, then do more of that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, I think, the, the important thing. So, you know, it, the strange thing is that someone thinks that they're going to get up and they're all of a sudden going to go and run 10 kilometres. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. I remember running the first 100 metres and, oh, shin splints and knees are gone and yeah. hips are gone. Yeah. I can't do all of those things. But what I did is I went, I, I sought out people that I knew that could run more than me and, Someone tagged me along and I went for that first K and later on I built two to three and four and five and then one time I hit 10 and then one time I did a marathon. And the secret to it is this, is that at every single different stage of that, there's a different level of growth that you're going to need to do. So it's about being vulnerable about where am I actually really good right now and what are the things that are actually really good for me? And so this is about getting definition. So can and can't do. So you write up this list, right? I can't spend time in the nightclubs, but I can spend time having great experiences with friends with two great dinners out each week. That'll be late nights. But off the back of that, I've committed to having five really good days in the office of actually making that spin because I want to have 10 weeks worth of annual leave per year. 
yeah. and, and I'm going to design a life based that way. And so off the back of that, I'm going to pull away from the Instagram life and instead I'm going to define what success looks like for me and work while I work. You are working in one of the most dynamic marketplaces in the world, yeah. in one of the most dynamic industries in estate agency services in the world. Yeah. And there's an old saying, whilst the sun is shining, make hay, yeah. make hay. Yeah. And that to me says that like I would rather work really hard but have 10 incredible weeks off per year and build a financial reserve of great assets that I own mm. so then I can actually produce income from those yeah, yeah. because I've made those choices. Yeah. And there's a point where you level up. Yeah. I, I, one of my friends was a good DJ and, you know, he's a great friend and I went into the nightclub one day and he invited me, you know, to the background and you can, he's, you know, pushing everything around on the decks and life's cool and the lighting machines are going off. And I said to him, I looked out across the, the room and I said, uh, what do you reckon the average wage is in this room? And he said, oh, probably about 25,000 pounds. I said, okay, great. And, and is that the sort of income that you aspire to earning for the rest of your life? He said, no. And I said, oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Because you're the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most. Yeah. So you stay here, you'll be earning that for the rest of life. Yeah. Yeah. He left that job the following morning, went on personally to go and write 500,000 the next year by getting into a stat agency. Really? And I think that the story with that of Tim's story is particularly phenomenal because the lesson is, is that it's about making the decision to turn on. Life is short. And there's a great quote by Adol Gwandi that we use time based on the amount of time that we perceive that we have left. So if we, we go to a doctor and touch wood, we don't, but we're given a terminal prognosis and they say, you have six more months left to live, you will change the entire way that you live knowing that. But when we're younger, we think that we are bulletproof. Mm. We think that we won't get hit by illness. We won't get hit by tragedy. We won't get hit by some of these challenges in life. And now as I start to get older, one of the things I learn really quickly is that life needs to be intentional. Mm. So who are you? Mm. What are you about? What sort of income would you like to produce? How would you like to live your life? What are the things that you would like to become exceptional at? Now, I'm sure that Eric Clapton, the guitarist, didn't wake up one day and just become a great guitarist. Mm. I'm sure that Elon Musk just didn't become a phenomenal car producer. Yeah. I'm sure that Steve Jobs just didn't, you know, all of a sudden just dream up the iPhone. The secret is, is that it literally does take hard work and dedication and a desire to actually really be somebody that is noteworthy. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we live in a society that's filled with the dopamine hits of, hits of what we get on social. Did someone like me? Did someone comment me? Did I photograph well? Retake it, you know, look like yeah. I have a, a bit of a gut in that photo, like all of those things. Yeah. Whereas the secret is, is that it is about the disciplined effort. And, and this is the big difference, that if you want to go from zero to hero or you want to be able to maintain what you're currently doing or you want to be able to work this way sustainably for the next 20 years, you've got to make that decision that you love doing what you do. Now, look, we had a great conversation because during the COVID era, 90% of what I did became illegal. Mm. And I had to then all of a sudden become good at Zoom. And someone said to me, do you love Zoom? And I said, well, I love Zoom. They're like, geez, we didn't think you would. Why, why did you change the mind? It's the only thing I can do. I've now made the decision I love doing it. So realize that you have incredible freedoms. This is the greatest era for you to be producing wealth as an individual yeah. and an incredible opportunity to really make something of your life whilst you're living in an amazing part of the world.